We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. friends welcome to pod maverick after dark the true off-season edition my name is kirk henderson editor-in-chief of mavsmoneyball.com and i'm joined as always by my co-editor and friend josh bow what's going on josh nothing much we're recording a little earlier in the evening than we normally do by about an hour so yeah. i'm gonna count that as a win i am uh, for too. an off-season so but everything's going okay i know we haven't talked in a while at least on I mean, we talk every day, but at least on here. <laughs> yeah, the slow drift into to off season really overtook me. Like, I got home from Vegas. We talked once, and then <laughs> I knew there was a fourth game. Had no idea they played a fifth game. Just none. <laughs> Just zero. So it's like that Sunday morning, Doyle Raider, our, our, our coworker, was basically like, hey, so what are we doing tonight for the game? And I'm like, game? What game? And it was particularly amazing coming from Doyle because Doyle just like drifts in and out of Mavericks consciousness every now and again. So it's, you know, they, they played two uh, uh, summer league games rounding out their their time in Vegas. They won more games in Vegas than they won at any point like the past three summer leagues. They looked real good. They continued to um, just feel the team of guys that were were fun to watch which really makes, you know, a big difference in, in signing on to overanalyze this stuff. Because if we're going to be watching basketball and we're going to be reading into it, at least let us read into guys that we're going to see come fall and, and winter. And what was particularly neat, I'm really glad the Mavericks stuck with this. They just let Derek Lively and Omax keep playing. And, and it just it's a simple thing. But having prospects to watch and seeing things from them is the real way for a person like me, like a true hardcore fan, to get excited this far out from basketball 
about the regular season. So I know you know you were able to catch. I was only able to catch the second half of Game Four. I did not see Game Five at all. That eight thirty start time was hysterical. I was just like, it's regular season basketball. <laughs> um, and yeah, Rockfist in the chat says if they only won that fourth game by twenty seven points, that, that yeah, because they would have they would have advanced in the playoffs instead of going to the consolation bracket. But you know, what did you see? in in those games that that excites you or that that you want to talk about uh i mean winning was kind of fun i know that mm. doesn't really matter in summer league but considering the mavericks um only <laughs> considering the mavericks lost uh nine out of their last 11 games to Woo! see a team with mavericks on their jerseys win uh four out of five games was was a breath of fresh air i think for sure. a lot of fans and myself so that was like i just have to acknowledge, you know, f- uh, four wins in five games is pretty cool. Um, I think the thing, and then we can get into this a little bit later, but this is just for fun. Uh, the last time we talked, uh, someone in our chat was very upset with us uh, on our Jordan Walker takes. Ooh, and yes. in the two games he's played, they played after that podcast, he had phenomenal, phenomenal games. He had 22 on 12 shots against the Hawks. Uh, and then he had uh, 21 on 18 shots, a little less efficient, but he was five of 11 from three. Um, he only had one turnover combined in the last two games. So he, that was very fun. Like that was fun. Um, and it was just, the timing was perfect. Uh, but I guess the thing for me was uh, outside of Jaden Hardy, who I think was a little disappointing um the guys that we wanted that everyone wanted to see that everyone tuned in for did stuff like cool stuff that that we can either overreact or whatever you want to do but take with it uh it, it was just fun to see the guys that we tuned in for play really well um like omax prosper Derek lively mike miles jordan walker those are all you know the guy you know those are their two first rounders and then the two the first two guys that they signed as undrafted free agents from this from this rookie class, and I would say all four of them had great summer leagues and and had positive contributions. So, like that's cool because it doesn't always work like that, and it doesn't always mean things are bad. Jalen Brunson played in one summer league and he was ha- he was terrible. So like, you know, it doesn't it was mean- bad. That summer yeah. league was bad. He, was he very couldn't bad. hit all the stuff he hits now. Yes. He was taking <laughs> the same shot. He couldn't hit anything. He shot like 30% from the floor. Couldn't I hit remember being like, his what life. happened? Yeah. And uh, so, again, that doesn't really matter. So, like, again, it's more just like entertainment. Like, it's fun to be like, okay, I'm tuning in because I want to see Prosper. I want to see Lively. I want to see these new draft picks. And they did stuff. Like, it just – it kind of felt like our time was rewarded because if you were watching Summer League games, um, you're in sicko mode. And so to get rewarded – with some entertaining basketball. I also thought that they're, you know, Kirk, we've watched a lot of summer league games. You've watched a countless ones in person. Mm-hmm. You don't see this much scoring in summer league typically. I mean, the Mavericks scored a hundred points or more in three out of the five games and in two straight to close summer league. Like that doesn't happen a lot. And it, no. happened, like, it happened a lot. Like they shot well and there weren't a lot of turnovers. Like these guys didn't turn the ball over, which was really cool. So uh, I don't know. That's just kind of like my overall take. Like it was just, it was just cool to see the guys that we wanted to see uh, do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, it, it was, it was interesting. Um, 
So just I'm I'm scrolling through and I'm looking for news because there is like news adjacent to this. Like <laughs> like the the guy, the 26, 25, 26 year old guy out of out of Taze Houston, Moore. Taze Moore signing the exhibit 10 contract mm-hmm. with the Mavericks, uh, which is is it, in practical terms, it doesn't mean very much, but it does mean that like kind of the Mavericks have he's their guy kind of through training camp. So he's he's not gonna get signed to like another squad for that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh Brad. Braxton Key signed a two-way with the Denver Nuggets before game four. Yep. And Key hit that really – he was one of the guys who hit that – like he didn't he hit the game-winning dunk? Yeah, he had the game-winning um, putback dunk in the second game, I think, or whichever one the okay. overtime one was. I can't remember. That's right. Mike Miles signed a two-way through He's, that process. I can't remember when he did. and so He signed the two-way before Summer League started. Oh, that's right. Why and I then think he hadn't gotten one yet. I don't yeah, know. That's and then just, Jordan Walker's. I don't know what his contract is. Like all the reporting just says the Mavericks signed Jordan Walker to like a one year, like a contract. And but I don't know. If then maybe it is the, the two way. I mean, I would have, I would have precisely zero problem with that because AJ oh. Lawson gets the third one. You sp- you send these guys. They they play out here in Frisco. Um, Walker uh, had a, had some interesting post game comments about you know just basically making the right play, which. I'm sorry. I'm a sucker for this shit. Like I just, it's nice to read, uh, to 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 hear. And, he only and, had one one turnover in the last two games, so he's like, I mean, he's not bullshitting. <laughs> no, he did it. No, and and he did. You know, he was fun. The the gentleman who was giving us grief in here is yeah, is very much of the sort. Um, to to he he wasn't wrong, but like it's just when a guy doesn't play, <laughs> we can't really talk a lot about him and. One of the things I found that is so interesting is that like the Mavericks never really did get very deep into their bench. They played like the same kind of rotation the whole time, which in summer leagues I've been to before, it was almost like hockey shift changes, yeah. um, which which was interesting. Uh, I, I will say, so the last time we talked was July 12th. I realized this. this is a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. On Friday, I went to uh, I went to lunch with one of my old high school teammates, my old high school basketball coach, and then um, one of the assistants who's now the head coach out at Lovejoy. And we were talking about Lively because, you know, we when I was in high school, I played with a seven-footer, really nice guy. But as a seven, like, you know, you see variations of guys. When you're this big and you're that young, sometimes <clears throat> you see guys that are really – coordination balance strength all sorts of variations yes um and one of the things that's really been fun watching lively and i think like at first heading into game three i think you and i were both a little like eh, not like critical but just you know nothing nothing doing for us but then these last you know three games there was a little more pop mm-hmm. and then something dawned on me and, and it was it was my my high school coach who said who, who just kind of pointed out the fact that it doesn't look like he's out of position very often. Like one thing we were actually, we were talking about JaVale McGee. That's what it was. We were talking about JaVale McGee and how often JaVale McGee screws the defense. And I started sort of thinking about that out loud being like, man, you know, lively. There hasn't been many times in summer league where I'm like, wow, he really boofed the assignment and screwed the team with his play because his backline center rim protector, you're the last line of defense. And when you make a mistake, it costs the team. Versus when Josh Green makes a mistake on the perimeter, just example, guy blows by him. He's met by the center, by a help defender. 
But if you as a help defender are constantly out of position the way McGee always has been for an entire career's worth of basketball, it hurts the team even if you're putting up empty calorie stats. And the thing that I've really enjoyed about Lively is that his feet are good, he seems to be trying to make the right play, and he's not killing the defense. Obviously, it's summer league. But, you know, our, our guy Matthew Phillips, Mavs Moneyball contributor, is in the chat saying the team defense was infinitely better with Lively on the floor. That mm -hmm. is just a fact. And so that sort of small, boring thing is a translatable thing that I can get excited for come regular season if the Mavericks are going to play him 20 minutes a night. C-Max says, mm -hmm. when I watch young bigs, I watch their feet. And, and I did too. And, and mm -hmm. I just, I like his feet. He's not... There, there's a lot of athleticism there, but it's it's it was very kind of like restrained. There was no like going nuts in in you know trying to sky for blocks. It was just like a and the more he played, the more comfortable he looked, and that that just leads me to be excited about the elements of of what could happen in the regular season. He's gonna get his ass kicked. Let's make no mistake. But I will feel better. I feel better about that going in because I know that he's the, the minimization of mistakes is 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 just it's it's a I don't want to say it's a skill, but it's important in team defense. Yeah, for sure. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Like you know, he didn't have a ton of blocks in summer league, um, and it no. was kind of interesting. Like, and that's not a negative in, in a lot of ways. That's almost more of a positive. I mean, the way that he was able to impact the game defensively without necessarily getting blocks because you would think summer league is usually the time uh, that these guys want to kind of go all out and, and make the flashy play. And because, mm -hmm. you know, these games don't necessarily matter if they lose, like, you know, no one's really going to beat them up over it. Uh, and he still, despite that, like, just like you said, displayed some restraint. There were a few times where he, you know, some of that restraint bit him, and some guys kind of scooted past him and scored at the rim for a layup. Pushing a little but, too close, yeah. yeah like but it was a little too much ground, right? Mm -hmm. But that, and again, that's a mistake. I think I would rather him make that than jumping for a pump fake that he on a, on a shot that he's not going to be able to block, or leaping out of position and giving up an offensive rebound. Like mm -hmm. occasionally, you're going to get beat at the rim, you know. Even if you're, even the best defenders get beat at the rim every now and then. What was nice was he was always there. Like, even if he got beat, uh, you know, even if a guard gave him a little trouble at the rim and made a move to get around him, he was at least there, you know, and that's what you kind of talk about being in position and out of position and well, chasing blocks and that kind of stuff. So Lively has a massive standing reach. I want to say it's like 7-7. Seven, seven, seven. Seven. Yeah. So, and then one of the funny things about Dwight Powell is that that guy is also in the right spot all the time. <laughs> it just doesn't fucking matter. Right. Because he's six foot eleven with six foot eleven standing reach, high hips, and just the ability to get shoved aside. We're gonna see some of that with lively, but eight inches, hands up, it just makes a difference. It does. Yep. Yep. Um we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, so I want to pivot to talking about a couple of other guys and a couple of other things, but now that we got some folks in here, I would like to urge you to go ahead and like that stream. Like the down there at the bottom of the page, if you're watching on YouTube Live right now, it's very helpful to us. If you could also go ahead while you're down there. If you're not already subscribed to the show, subscribe to Pod Maverick. You can also click the bell. It notifies you whenever we go live. We will very rarely do a non-live show. It allows us to skip some steps, <laughs> frankly, because Josh and I are always kind of working on a tight, ske- tight schedule with our lives. Uh, and, and, you know, while I will try to post regularly this summer, we, we definitely will. I, I can't until we get back to regular season, I can't make any real promises. So please subscribe to pod Maverick. That thing is, is very helpful to us, uh, and leave comments, all that stuff. I love reading the comments, even the ones that are mean. Um, my favorite was, uh, uh, one of somebody called me fat a while ago and I was like, not anymore. There's a lot of things like that people can I used to be. You're like, doing great. Like, come on. I did have a phenomenal post shit. Your, post your orange, orange theory well, times. Yeah, I, can, I can run a five-minute, 40-second mile. I have a Kirk fat boy run. Yeah. Anyway, that stuff. I love that stuff. It's just being mean, you know, be, be getting, like, I have a seven-year-old. He says mean things to me all the time. This is, the, the internet's nothing compared to that. <laughs> um. All right, so circling back, and I think it's time for, like, I am generally... Like I saw a Bob Sturm post today that was like something about I, I'm I'm always an optimist. And I just kind of thought about that. It wasn't in reference to anything Maverick related, but I was thinking about that. And I'm like, I am not an optimist. <laughs> I am at best a pragmatist and usually kind of shit. Um, Mavs have hurt me too many times. Just have like I've watched, you know, can't even over the past, you know, 10 years of doing this, I've watched in the neighborhood of 750 to 800 basketball games, just Dallas Mavericks related. Um, You know, this is obviously you're going to miss. So it's like over that time, you get to be a little bit grumpy. Omax though, man. (laughs) The truth. 
this this feels real. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing I, I, that I tweeted it uh, before was like he's already got like a willingness to drive and his first step is already so good. Like so much of that 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 he needs to be that needs to be fixed, like is fixable. Like there's something to be said for having the willingness to put your head down and drive the basketball when you get a when you get the ball passed to you on a closeout that we quite frankly haven't seen from a lot of Mavericks perimeter players the last five to six years. I mean, I'm talking. I mean, you know, <laughs> they've been a jump. They were a jump shooting team in the Dirk era. There's been nobody that's done this kind of stuff until Luca came along. Dennis tried. Harrison yeah. Barnes kind of like shoved his way to the rim. Yeah. But this. Man, the, a lot of what he does simply won't work at first. I, just, yeah, I don't think so. He's got some pretty loose crossovers that he'll need to tighten up for but sure. You cannot. Yeah. One thing I'm learning, so I'm watching a lot of youth ball right now. One thing you cannot teach is confidence. You just, mm-hmm. you can't do it. Like Josh Green has to basically be internet bullied into taking shots because it's <laughs> not, it's just not his nature. Like he wants to be the connecting play guy. Yeah. And I don't know who he reminds me of. Like the first thing that comes to my mind, honestly, is Paul George with like the size and the willingness elements of this. But that feels pretty ridiculous. Um, All I know is that at the moment, and I'm normally a guy that's like, settle fuck down. If you want to go nuts on your on your OMAX predictions, on your OMAX hype that you want, like all in all uh, rookie first team stuff, go with it. I'm not going to argue because I think the Mavericks are going to. Like, not only are they going to have to play him, the way he plays, Jason Kidd is going to want to play him. Yeah, especially with how the roster stands now. He's basically, what, he's basically like the only real wing besides Grant Williams um, or bigger forward. Because, you know, Josh Green, we all, I think everyone agrees, is better as a point of attack guard, uh, dribble, you know, uh, ball handlers and stuff like that. Because whenever he plays against a guy bigger than him, it doesn't normally uh work out that well so i mean he he's going to be thrust into this role just because of the way the rotation looks unless you know some sort of trade happens which i'm remaining a little doubtful that anything anything major happens between now and training camp so we'll see but yeah uh his defense i thought showed out right away from game one and then jaris walker's ass he did both sides of the floor i mean he was taking that guy off the dribble and that's the guy that i think almost universally was like, Hey, this is like the most ready-made defensive. I wanted, he was the guy the I desperately hoped yeah. fell to Dallas. One of yeah. one of three. Right. Um, and yeah, he, he handled them like both sides of the ball, locked them up. Um, it's, it's encouraging. You know, there's part of me that's like how much of, you know, what is real and what's not with summer league. And I, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but I mean, it's fun to just see a guy with, with the tools and the athleticism uh, and kind of the maturity level, you know, because he is an older, you know, that's kind of the benefit of having an older, older. I mean, he's not right. that old, but, you know, getting a junior instead of a freshman uh, right out of, you know, right out of college. I think, you know, he's he's grown. He's a little more grown. Uh, and I think that helps. So there was a guy in, in Glenn in the chat says Omax needs to learn controlled fire. And I think that's a that's a great turn of phrase because it's he goes a thousand miles an hour. And playing with Luca, that's going to work an awful lot just because the defense is going to be so tuned to him. But given enough time, once he learns a little more control, I'm I'm excited to see what what he can do. Yeah. Um, 
several summer leagues ago, there was a legend on Dallas Mavericks summer league team, a gentleman by the name of Ricky Lido. Um, Ricky Lido was not a good basketball player. But he tried to do the stuff that Omax does, like really forcing your way to the rim, forcing your way into the paint. And I mean, to a degree, there, there's, there's, you know, we've seen lots of guys do this over the years. But once you get to this high level of basketball, there's a strength and a size component that will help in a way certain skill just doesn't because it doesn't you know your handles if you don't have the quickness that sort of thing like you're just going to get locked up by certain people you know mike miles for his for as good as i think he was at summer league he ran into to elements of that where it's just you know getting into the paint is hard big bodies athletic bodies there's just so watching like the willingness and like the ability to get all the way in there numerous times was really it was neat I, I just had a great time watching that. Yeah, he had a really nice post up against a smaller defender too, like nice little drop step. Got got a score in the paint. Uh, I can't remember which game it was exactly, but mm-hmm. yeah, his. I think everyone knew his defense was probably going to be what gets him on the floor, and it probably still will be what gets him on the floor first. But right. I think the offense has been a little surprising. And what's surprising is, you know, if you would tell me like, "Hey, Prosper looked pretty good on offense in summer league," I'd be like. Oh, so did he just like, did he make all his threes? Like, did he right. get hot from three? And it's like, no, he didn't really make that many threes. But mm-hmm. he, he attacked the paint with a ferocity that doesn't exist on this Mavericks roster outside of like the main guys yeah. uh, for the last couple of years. So that was really cool. Yeah, I just, I, I could kind of go on and on about him. I really enjoyed seeing my my Twitter timeline hype up about him. Um, yeah. And which is weird because I'm just such a curmudgeon, but it, it there's just something. There's a there there, and it's the size man. What this, <laughs> what this free agency and off season draft, the whole period, and why I've been so positive about it, which I think like irks people that are used to me being a grump. That you know that let's just say like fellow co miserables um, <laughs> have been sort of bothered by it. But it's just look, bites at the apple is something we have preached for five years. If you have opportunities, sometimes they're going to work out. <laughs> like it's just that's the real bitch of it. Like I get that the draft is a crapshoot. I get why Mark Cuban probably doesn't like it. Um, it. It's it's just important to have those bites at the apple over time. Twenty twenty, really, you know, I can't fault. You know, I I fault the Mavs process and that we know now Donnie Nelson was a crybaby and walked out. Or all about Bulgaris had to make all the picks. Or maybe Harald Bob had to make the picks, which is why he walked out. But they still had three bites at the apple in 2020. They ended up with Josh Green, not everybody's favorite player at the time, and maybe not until this day, but would probably go top 15 in a redraft. And then two players who didn't work out. That's okay, because more often than not, players aren't going to work out. But you still got to try. And so I, I just, I find myself very delighted by the process, even if it feels very late. Um, spoil, sport, spoil Sport in the chat asks that we please talk about Lively's hands. He rarely fumbled a pass. Yes. Uh, circle back on Lively for a moment. The hands element of this, I talked about it in our previous podcast, but I have no problem repeating myself. I don't think Lively received very many good passes. This <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, uh, Hardy is not a precise passer, or at least wasn't in this this uh, situation. Threw a lot of passes at my man's groin, caught a lot of stuff, did not. 
I don't remember very many fumbles or boofs. And, you know, after Sagana Jop and Eric Dampier and all the goofy bags the Mavericks have had over the years, <laughs> good hands stand out. Yeah, for sure. Um, who we used to call Samuel Dallenbear Pizza Hands. Um, God, Pizza Hands, Sam Dallenbear. My God. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely a, a plus. Weirdly, he was really good. I don't know if I'm crazy. But he was really good at catching passes in traffic. And then sometimes he would, like, the only times I saw him fumble the ball was, like, going up for a rebound. And I don't know if that was just, like, you know, coordination in the air or, you know, trying to yeah. box out or just, like, you know, it's a different it's a different scenario. There's a difference in trying to go grab a rebound and, and catching a pass that's intended for you. So I understand there's some walkiness there. But it was really nice uh, to see that. Uh, uh, friend of the show, Carter Rodriguez, who does, I'm sorry to interrupt my train of thought. He does Cavs, pod, uh, does a lot of great work with his Cavs podcast. Yes, I have the office of a serial killer. I'm sorry. I just do not, I do not dress up the room. Well, we have to. No, this is great. I don't care. We're going to digress for a minute because that's what summer is. We have the ability, we just don't do it to like do virtual backgrounds with this software. And we probably like, like Josh, and you don't need to. No, but you could like you I could. could do a ridiculous, like truly ridiculous virtual background for every show. Like, you know, we could put you in in Bane's prison. Um, we could do all sorts of you know. There we go. See, we got some bricks. Ah, there, you're, there we your go. Lovely home. I really right. like this. There. We could get funky with it just for fun. I think I think that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> Bane's <laughs> prison, that's man. Crazy. So it. I don't remember what we were talking about. Uh, Lively's hands. I just that that hands are a big big thing. It's it's nice, you know. I, I'm going to be interested to see how Luca sets him up. The screening we've already talked about. He did a little better as as summer league went on. Um, not uh, of course he was like at like he was like underground. He was so bad. So I'm I'm not going to um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry too much about that right now. We'll see what training camp and a summer of training. And an earlier person in the chat noted. Um, just how much he seems to verbally buy into the role, which is pretty interesting. Um, it's there was also a story, and frankly, I knew none of this. There was a story in the Washington Post that my friend Ben Golliver wrote about Lives Lively's life to this point, like just some of the tragedy and things he's dealt with with his father's passing and his mother's cancer. I think I think it was, yeah. And it frames him in a light that I had yet to consider because I didn't really know much about him. And so when you, you know, you think about a guy who's, who's coming to play professional basketball with the chances that he's had and also kind of just living kind of the life that he's had. And I, I think it's just quite, I really think it's, it's quite the, like, it's quite the combination and he, the sky is, is the limit for him at this point. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I can't wait to see him play some preseason minutes with Luca and or Kyrie and just see what that looks like uh, getting some passes. Um, I wanted great. to talk. <laughs> I wanted to talk about uh, Mike miles. He was the guy that kind of surprised me. Sure. Let's go. Most. Cause again, I'm not a college guy you know, I just don't watch college ball enough. And when he, his name kind of flashed, you know, whenever they signed him, like it was, it was like an hour after the draft or a half hour after They'd the draft. They put in work. They drafted yeah. like they did the opposite after Bain, where they had been going to his games yeah. like like crazy. Yeah, so that was really fun. Uh, and everyone, you know, we talked to the same draft people. They all liked him. 
Uh, didn't know if he's gonna like make it, but they all were like, "We just we like this guy. We like this, his game. We like the way he 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 plays the game and, and kind of the way he sees the floor and just kind of his demeanor on the court." Uh, and what noticed me is I'm not trying to critique Jaden Hardy too much, um, but I noticed that Miles I think got to the rim a little cleaner than Hardy did, and I think Miles might be a little bit of a step ahead in terms of despite being a smaller guard, just kind of knowing the angles and having the ball skills to maneuver around defenders when he gets into the paint. He had a, he had a nice, I mean, he had a handful of nice finishes where he's driving at the rim and his def- he hasn't beaten his defender and he just kind of scoops under them and kind of does a little, uh, little finger roll underneath the defender's arms and kind of slips by them. And I was like, like, that's great because for a player his size, he has to know that. Uh, to how to do that or he's not going to have a shot so it was really cool to see him uh, play and not rely on his jumper I just thought it, I thought his finishing at the basket was pretty impressive for a guy his size uh, and I thought that's because that's normally where you expect guys to struggle you know right out the gate uh, players of his archetype you know? well and and frankly it's not just a struggle like guys that are that archetype and that size there are very like you go look you can kind of guys that are a certain height, it's like six, two and under, there just aren't very many people that shoot at the rim above like 50% that are like that size, like period. It's just, it's a, it's a real skill. Um, I will, I, I get all kinds of great DMS during games uh, and someone, I'm not going to say who it was, but was like during one of the, the Mike miles, good performances was like, all right, let's trade Jaden Hardy right now. I'm ready for the Mike miles experience in that position, which Let's simmer, simmer, because like I really like. You sure I, that DM wasn't for me? Yeah, I got, <laughs> we got a we got a message, we got a tweet the other game where it's like, you know, you got you guys are being really hard on Hardy, and that certainly wasn't our intent. I think that the role that the Mavericks have with Hardy, which is essentially playing the third guard, where he gets to like shoot slash and like not be a big time decision maker, is a good role for him. This was an opportunity to see if he could do more. And I think it's not unfair to say that this summer league, he did not show out. That doesn't mean he's bad. It just Mm -hmm. means that he's specific. Like I watched Dwight Dwight Powell get the green light at summer league in his second or third year. And all he did was shoot threes. And I wanted to die because (laughs) Dwight Powell cannot shoot threes. It's okay. That's what Summer League's for. It's for experimentation. It's why I was so mad that the Mavericks never put Josh Green in it and never asked him to play because it's like, you got to play. You got to yeah. play. Yeah. C-Max says Hardy lives on his athleticism. It's an interesting kind of athleticism, though, because during Summer League, he could not get separation. Yeah. He had zero separation. And, th- and, and that's just with the ball handling stuff. Because, again, mm-hmm. I don't think his handle's great, I, and his passing is not precise. So guys are gonna guys are going to ride him. But – you know, you get these ISO situations cutting and, you know, basically moving with like two power dribbles into the lane. He's going to be fine because he obviously was fine with the Mavericks. Like he had a great last 20 games with the Mavericks. Right. And it, I mean, and to give, you know, give him some credit, he does look like he spent the off season working on his body. Oh, like, I mean, there's a dramatic difference in how he looked in summer league compared to training last, camp year. last year. Yeah. yeah so. Big, big difference. Yeah. Big, big difference. Regarian says he's got to be sick of getting packed at the rim. Yeah, he probably does, but he doesn't have that kind of athleticism to get to the rim. 
Like that's just sort of what I've learned. Like it's it's okay. He, then, he yeah. will do and he will do better when Kyrie and Luca are on the floor. It's just when you're doing this from like a team building perspective and what kind of lineups you're running out. Unless he can defend at a high level, we're only going to see him with certain kinds of lineups. And right. I like people are going to be clamoring for him to play. But right now, the Mavericks' three best players, like let's just assume you you consider Hardy like one of the Mavs' top five players, which I think is it's a fine position to have. A lot of like four of the five Mavs' best players are all guards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, so, there's only so many guard minutes to go around. Right, right. So, so yeah. Um... And that's why I kept thinking there's going to be a trade before training camp. But at this point, I don't, you know, so I just don't know. That's anymore. a great opportunity to pivot because <laughs> Mark Stein had out that, that, you know, what was it that there's sort of he's heard reports of like discussions of a three team trade potentially involving Tim Hardaway and which Hawks player. What's wrong with me? Capella. Uh, Clay Capella and the third team. And, but, and it seems like, like, I don't know if it's still active. I don't know. I've not done any research. I'm kind of talking off the cuff here. That sort of trade feels like a staring contest <laughs> where it's who wants to move first because the Hawks like Capella, but they want to get um, their, their younger big man more minutes immediately. The Mavericks probably want to move Hardy, but they don't want to give up anything extra. Not Hardy. Uh, Hardaway. Yeah. So it's like what something's got to give. For, for all this to work out. And right now there's nothing to give. It's a, it's off season. So unless someone wakes up one morning and like the Hawks are ostensibly ran by the owners, like 28 year old son, um, <laughs> like seriously, like he I plays know. a big, like, like he's, you know, the stuff Him that and I Landry always, fields. he's the stuff that I he's like the stuff that I always accuse Mark Cuban of doing. He's like literally doing, um, so I, I just don't see any movement there. Like this, this sort of team that the Mavericks have right now, where you're going to be able to play some small ball. Grant Williams, the five. Grant Williams play three, four, five. Like I don't know if it really matters to a certain extent, just like where you're where you are on the floor. I like this Mavericks team as is. If there's a lot of people that are out there wondering, oh, okay, what else could they do? I think there's some things that could happen, but I don't think they're gonna. As of right now, I just I, I just get the sense that they're done. Yeah, and I think the thing that's difficult is. You know, obviously everyone wants, like, it's like a drug. You just, you want the next move. The move, a move happens and you're like, that was awesome. Uh, when's the next hit? Like, I want to, I want another move. So I understand that part of it. Um, you know, fans are just anxious. They want to just see what's coming next. Uh, but again, like how many years of, you know, they can't fix five years of roster building mistakes in one summer, especially a summer where, I mean, they kind of walked into it with their, arm tie behind their back in terms of their maneuverability so i mean the fact that they were able to get two players in the first round of the draft with their you know they turned the 10th pick and the two first round players um they were able to sign seth curry to a deal that you know every time i listen to a podcast uh, a national podcast they're kind of like why did seth curry sign for that that little like so they obviously did some good work there uh, Exum seems like to be a really nice, nice deal, a nice flyer for like, Gamble. you know, for, yeah, yeah, just perfect for what they're doing for, for that spot. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, they trade for Grant Williams. They don't even use the MLE. They trade, you know, Reggie Bullock. And I know people probably go a little, are going to go a little crazy over the 2030, uh, pick swap, but I, I don't, you know, I just don't care about it. I know it'll probably be bad when it, when it happens, but I, my God, I cannot. I can't think two days ahead. I'm not thinking seven years ahead right now. So 
they were able to do a lot with with very little. So I just don't have much expectation for them to keep, you know, spinning hay into gold. Like I think it makes sense for them to be like, hey, a hard, you know, Hardaway's available. You know, McGee's available for salary purposes if we need to help match salary. But there's no, I don't think they have the pressure now that they've done these other moves, the draft picks, Grant Williams, Curry, Exum. There's probably not as much pressure for them to cave in on their stance because they can probably ride, feel, they can talk themselves into this being a successful season with the roster that they have right now. There's so much so. data from last season that can show, hey, if a couple of things broke our way, you know, we would have won five, six, seven, eight more games. Well, they just played Luca. They got to yeah. stop treating him like a freaking fragile, right. like a Russian right. doll. So, so why would you, if if that's if you can talk yourself into that, why would you, for example, throw in second rounders to trade Hardaway, or why would you trade Hardy, or why would you trade Green? Why would you trade the twenty twenty seven first when you feel like you know what? If nothing else happens, we can we're gonna be okay. So that's probably why the talks have stalled. The, the desperation definitely isn't there. Now, if they hadn't have traded for Grant Williams, maybe would have seen some more action there. Maybe maybe the talks would have heated up a little bit more. But they've kind of done what they wanted to do this summer. So I I just don't I don't see them caving right now and giving in to, to the Hawks' demands and maybe putting in more than they're comfortable with to get again a guy that plays a position that they that the guy they just drafted 12th overall plays. Like how badly do they need you want to invest in the center when you just use the 12th pick on one. So Well, and frankly, we'll early in the summer, earlier in kind of the free agency period, like we were pissy at the concept <laughs> because now I, I, now that I've seen lively play, I'm at least more open to it, but I want lively to get 20 minutes a game. Like I don't, the, the, you know, it was uh, Tim McMahon and Brian Damaris on Tim McMahon's ESPN show where they were, they weren't like reporting. They were just sort of speaking and saying that they feel it was either Damaris or Tim that said that that wouldn't be surprised if Lively spends a fair amount of time in the first part of the year with the Legends. And I think that's nuts. Like, it's just it's nuts. Yeah. Like I've watched the guy, and granted, this was probably after like one game of Lively, but now I'm just like I want to see the guy learn on the ground. On the job training is helpful. Um, yeah, for sure. So I don't know, I, but especially when you're trading, you know, I think Capella has this season and then another season and it's like, okay, you know, it's not a one, you know, he's going to like Capella is a guy. If you bring on the team, he's going to start. And it's like, do you, you really see the guy you selected 12th to play this position? Like not have a chance to start for two years. Like he is not. I know he's raw, but I just do not think he's that far away as a prospect that you you need. That was what you're asking of him. Yeah, especially yeah. It's it's sure. not like you're asking him to run a high post offense. Like one of the things we haven't even talked yeah. about the guy is his he had exquisite passing. Nice he's, short. He's comfortable reads. there for sure. There's just a lot to be really pleased with with him, and I want to see him play. Yeah. Wild concept. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's 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 one more news item that's Mavs adjacent that's ridiculous that I I think we could end on. I'm trying to think if there's like anything else that's that's really worth um beating the doors down on i've not been online in two um, days which has helped my brain i think there was some news about uh the mavericks re-engaging with the 
Boyan Bogdanovich stuff. Oh yeah, Tim Cato reported that where it's like this is kind of out there, but it's it's, it's another staring contest. Yeah, I think that was before they settled with the Spurs and Bullock. Wasn't that what he reported that they were going to try to do the Grant Williams trade to make it like a three team with Detroit as the third team and maybe get Grant and uh, Boyan and Killian Hayes and the Mavericks would have traded Hardy and Hardaway and Bull. I don't know. I can't remember the details right now, but the trade was like Hardaway for for Boyan and Killian Hayes, but it just, they, it didn't work out. Yeah. The talks kind of broke down. So maybe that's another thing they, they can revisit. But again, that's, I mean, I think, think if they're going to trade hard, I, I don't know. Trading Hardaway for Boyan is kind of like, he's just a better version of Hardaway, which is, which is kind of fun. So but, you know, I, I, I think this is, this is a great comment in the chat where Alan says, this team's going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Trial by fire is a crazy risk. If it doesn't work, Luca misses the playoffs two years in a row in his prime. A couple responses to that. First, I, I agree, but years of fuckery got them into this position. Years. They messed up the 2019 offseason, the 2020 offseason, and the 2022 offseason. The only offseason they didn't make a mistake was or that they didn't like like things didn't burn was the 2021 offseason where they got Reggie Bullock. And only then that only worked out when the, like the Mavericks won a ton of games, all-star break 20 uh 2021 and then new year 2022. They went on these incredible streaks. And it's not realistic. The Mavericks, in my opinion, have to get off to a better, more consistent start. You're going to have cold streaks. But the stuff Jason Kidd's done for two years in a row, and really going back, it's it's not really workable for me, where you're you're experimenting. Like, the JaVale McKee thing was a disaster from the opening tip, and it took them 10 10 games to figure that out. So if they're going to figure this stuff out on the fly, if they're going to be a better team this year, we need to kind of know early. And the way you know early is by trying. They have to try. It is a risk. I'm not going to – I keep kind of like maybe I'm overpraising because I'm happy that they're doing something in year five that they should have done with Luca in year two. Um, but it's just – this is these are the cards we're dealt. I will say, I think that the awards game minimums is going to change a lot for this Mavericks team. Luca wants to be MVP. He says he doesn't. He says he wants to win a ring. Of course he wants to win, win a ring. I also think he wants to be the best player in the league. I think he wants to win everything. <laughs> he wants to win everything, yeah. That's a great, great – that's a much better way to phrase it. And so when the Mavericks were sitting him out, you know, there was that game in Cleveland, which has the biggest diaspora of Slovenians in the, in the United States. They sat him against Cleveland. That was the game where uh, the Mavericks, like, nearly murdered Kemba Walker on the court. <laughs> Yeah. They they sat him for no fucking good reason because they thought they could steal a game against Cleveland. That shit doesn't happen. Like the 24-year-old Wonderkin is gonna play. And so that in and of itself boosts my confidence in what this team is capable of in a way that the offseason stuff sort of pushes out of my mind. Does that make sense? No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, because again, what they played like 50 something clutch games yeah. last season and they lost over Most, half of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so those are games where you could I mean, again, there's been some research, like I mean, not hard research, but there's a prevailing thought among smart NBA people that a lot of clutch results are coin flips in a way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with the Mavericks, there are some real reasons why they lost those clutch <laughs> games, but uh but you can just hope for some better bounces uh with with the roster that they have. The thing that's tough 
is trying to balance the objectively good offseason that they had with the fact that they finished 11th in the West last season. And all 10 teams ahead of them did not – I don't think you can look at any of them and be like they got dramatically worse. Like maybe like you can look at the Clippers. Maybe they got – they're not going to be – you know, maybe you can look at them that be worse. But like Denver's still going to be great. Phoenix added Bradley Beal, you know, maybe, you know, regardless of how you feel about the longevity of that core, you know, there's still some, there's still a lot of firepower there, you know, Memphis, you know, job being suspended is going to hurt them a little bit, but they're still, they're still good. They traded for Marcus smart. He's going to be an upgrade over Dylan Brooks. Um, Oklahoma City's getting Chet uh, and, and their guy, young guys are going to be better. Minnesota, uh, as much of a tire fire as they looked, they were really hurt by a lot of injuries uh, yeah. last season. Yep. Like I, I think Anthony Edwards and Cat and Gobert did not play that much together, yep. and they had a good draft. And, and I think they've had a, a decent enough offseason. So there's not a lot of teams you can look at ahead of them that are like, oh yeah, the Mavericks. You know, maybe not the Mavericks are definitely better than you could probably maybe make the argument, but you, I don't think you can make the argument like, oh that team's gonna fall. Like that team is significantly worse. Like. A lot of the teams in the West that got worse feels like the ones that are were already bad to begin with that are below mm-hmm. the Mavericks. Like Portland was already worse than the Mavericks, and they're going to lose Dame, and they're going to be a little worse. But I don't know. I'm looking at the West is just a bear, and yep. I know, you know, we say that every season. Uh, it's just trying to quell like I, it's just hard for my brain to handle. Like this was an objectively great off season, and also the Mavericks might finish eighth through no fault of their own. Like they might have a good, you know, no. good season. They might be better than last season, but the West is really good. No. And, and Alan pointing that out. Thank you, Alan. I, I do think it's worth kind of like tampering, like putting our, our please sense of the off season into perspective with how hard the NBA is, is absolutely worth doing. It's worth bringing up. Um, I'll just tell you though, when I think about this offseason compared to what I was thinking in early April when I thought they were going to finish with the 10th best, like going to go to the play-in and get rocked, I feel good because yeah. if they had lost the draft pick, let's just, just oh my start God. from there. There's there's being uncomfortable about this season now because things are a little bit trepidatious and then the Mavericks having no ability to do anything other than pay Kyrie a, a ton of money. That was That was like the only thing they could do. Because so, if they I, lost the 10th pick, they wouldn't have even been able to do that trade to get to 24 to get Prosper because they only did that trade because they got a trade exception from trading down from 10. Yep. So, so it's it's that sort of thing. I'm I'm just feeling good. I, I'm feeling like I want to feel good. I want people to enjoy the basketball. When I get on my tirades and kick the shit out of the Mavericks, it's because the Mavericks are, are like what they've done in past off seasons and this just, you know, it's the, it's the nature of our local media around here where everybody, you know, wants to cover a team that's fun. So people buy in. And mm-hmm. this year, I feel there's there's something worth buying in on after the offseason. Like, you know, when you lose Jalen Brunson and sign JaVale McGee and they try to tell you <laughs> that it's a good thing, it turns me into a fucking psychopath. Right. But... <laughs> Right, and, and now they're going to be and like, that's what hey. happened. Yeah. Everybody framed it. It's like, oh, we're going to be fine. <sighs> so now it's going to be like, hey, we got Grant Williams. We traded Bullock for Williams, and we're going to be like, okay, yes, that that makes sense. I will buy. I will buy into that. Mm-hmm. But, 
Yeah, well. that's what's tough. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. I think we're, I want to ask you a few more things um, that are completely okay. not even remotely Mavericks related. Um, okay. Have you seen Mission Impossible yet? I did. I saw uh, it last week. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to see it, and like it's only an IMAX for basically like the next couple uh, of days. Yeah, you've got till Thursday, to I, and I don't that. even know. I might only have till like through Wednesday. So yeah. it's like I was there's a there's a 10 a.m. showing at. Uh, What's the fancy Dallas mall? Um, uh, North park, North park. And I'm like, yes. can I, can I figure out three hours to disappear from work? Like, how can I yeah, do this? I and I, say, I, I just, I need to do it. I need yeah, to do That's it. what you're going to have to do. And, and so uh, do you have plans to see Barbenheimer this weekend? I do. We, um, we kind of got off to a late start in buying our tickets because we had a lot of stuff going on this summer and I just didn't think about it. Uh, personally and so we've got our tickets for barbie uh on friday daycare parents night out so that was built in so we're good to go so we're gonna Clutch. see barbie on friday we're not seeing oppenheimer until a next not this wednesday next wednesday because i'm a stickler i'm a big imax guy um and if uh anyone knows uh this i'm about to is get there like, any really 70 millimeter this. yes there's so- there there is only Two 70 millimeter IMAX theaters in the state of Texas. One of them's in San Antonio and one of them is in Dallas, which is like two minutes from my house. And are you going it's, to that one? Yes, we are. We got tickets. So we found I read something on Reddit today. And like granted, so just so everybody understands, Josh likes film. I like garbage. I will go see everything, whereas Josh will yell at me about the things I go to see. I read something about 70 millimeter about how it degrades with each use. So it's like the first time you see, if you were to see it on opening night versus five days later, it would look different because of the way 70 millimeter yeah, ages, yeah. which I don't know. I thought was, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to both of them. Yeah. Um, I have some, I don't know which one I'm going to see first. It's, it's a little bit difficult right now. My house to go out and see movies, but it's, it's, I'm, 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 I'm super psyched. Um, I'm really annoyed. I feel like because this, uh, IMAX has existed for a while. This one, it's off. If you live in DFW, it's Web Chapel on 635. It's been the only legit true IMAX in DFW outside of the uh, Fort Worth Science Museum, but they don't right. show movies. They don't show movies. Yeah. Um, they did once. They showed Dark Knight Rises. I saw Dark Knight Rises at the Fort Worth Natural History Museum in IMAX. It was great. Uh, but I'm a big IMAX guy and I'm a big Nolan guy. And it's always felt like my little secret. Like it's never been, I mean, it's always like maybe the first weekend it's hard, but usually like I can get, if there's a movie that's made for 70 millimeter IMAX, I can get tickets to that movie like Friday night at 1030 if I have to, like I can find ways. Oppenheimer at this theater for the 70 millimeter IMAX, it is almost every showing from when it opens this week till the first week of August. Is That's completely amazing. Completely sold out. Every show, like ten thirty in the morning, completely sold out on a Tuesday. Like that's like I had to look. We managed to luckily to find two two seats that were normal, uh, not like right in front of the screen. Wednesday, we're going Wednesday at ten thirty five in the morning. I took a day off. Outstanding. Because <laughs> I why have not? To, no, yeah, man. You gotta I, take- I I feel like something happened. Someone blabbed the secret. Like because it didn't <laughs> used to be this hard. This was my little theater. This was like my little thing, and now everyone's into it, and everyone wants to see it. So I don't know what I don't know what happened. I don't know if the marketing was better. I don't know. I think uh, 
I think there was a radio segment on the ticket that was talking about it that might have. You know, people people eyes. are going back to the movies, and it pleases me love because I love going <laughs> to the movies. I take yeah. my son. We see just about everything we can. My wife and I decided against making him go see. Like, he loved Top Gun, even though I had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> we decided against making him go to see Mission Impossible because it's funny. It's like, when, I, when we were kids, I'm a little bit older than you. But when we were kids, like I was like, I saw Predator 2 in the theater when I was seven. Like, and, and if anybody hasn't seen Predator 2, that movie is fucked up. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's not like the violence. I just didn't want him to get bored. Like, he, he you know, it's, it's, there's yeah. a lot going on. Like, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to figuring out how I'm going to see some of these oh. things. Have, have, and I have to ask you the question I ask you like every two months Have you and your wife started Andor yet? No, we haven't. <laughs> I can't. I think I'm gonna have to solo. I'm thinking I'm just gonna have to start watching it on my own. I okay. Think, I think and then I've she'll given, watch I think it, I, and then you'll see how pretty it looks on your big old TV. And right. I like, think that's what's this? That's the move. I think. What's this? I did the only other, and you know, this is a good. This is not an uncommon recommendation, but my wife and I watched season two of The Bear, starring our friend and former editor Tim Cato, <laughs> and it's such a great like three and a half hours of television and it just there's a pair of episodes this one episode that's very chaotic followed by this one episode that's really cathartic and like had me being like all right this is why i do it there's an element of, of it's episode seven of the bear everybody that's like listen to the podcast will know this like there's an episode there's an element of that episode that reminds me of like why i like to do this podcast because it brings people something that they like. It's not just for me. It's for our, our listeners. Granted, I think I would do this podcast even if no one listened because I need to talk to somebody about the Maverick. <laughs> but there's now, yeah, Brian in the chat says Forks. It, Forks was just, it, it reminded me why I wanted to get into an element of providing people content. It's a very, I know it's like a bit of a weird thing um but it's just it's it's like it's one of the few things that i've watched where i watched like i watched again it's just so please i never watch stuff again so i just don't have time other than that man i'm playing a shit ton of diablo which yep. someone needs to take that thing away from me yeah that that's a that's a health crisis awesome. that game and that's why i can't go to vegas like i want 80 bucks <laughs> in in um gambling on video poker and I, I walked away for the rest of the time and i come home and i'm like basically gambling playing diablo <laughs> right like just directly into my eyeballs and they're starting a new thing on third today's tuesday they're starting a new thing on, on thursday, thursday. Yep. why Gotta i mean at least the they're doing it well at least they're not doing it during basketball season that's been the real rub for me the past like six years is every game i want to play yeah Raygard and ask kirk yeah too bad starfield, starfield comes out if i don't podcast camp. for a month it'll be because <laughs> of starfield or i will start a starfield podcast like i have a real problem with these big open world addiction games Starfield I just... is like the game pulled out of your brain oh dude. my like god it's, it's like the kirk game well, it's 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 like because I also you know the other I always cape for all these these weird Apple Plus shows because they're all made. It's like Apple Plus is basically a money laundering service. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this this show uh, um, Foundation, starring uh, future NBA power forward Lee Pace, <laughs> is just it's like all this. I love all this sci fi garbage. You could you just inject it into my into my eyeballs. I watched. I watched Star Trek The Next Generation with my aunt when I was six, and I've just been hooked ever since, ever since. Well, that's 10 minutes of stuff that nobody cares about but me and you, but I just I wanted to ask you because uh, 
if we start doing it in our Mavs Moneyball Slack, it, it, we get commandeered by people who have more time than you and I to watch this stuff. So. Right. Okay, so I don't know when we're going to be back. I have an idea for a show that I'd like to do, but I also don't know if I want to do the research to put into it. Um, I'll probably host a live show this Friday just because. Uh, but, you know, our, our content might be a little bit more sporadic until the World Cup. Uh, we will be watching and covering World Cup insofar as we can get the staff to. Um, I know Meta was going to watch some games. She tried to get press coverage, but it was just, it's, it's difficult to get for, even for some of these friendlies and things overseas. It's, it's been, been kind of a yeah. challenge. Um, but there's, there's enough basketball going on to where we'll, to where we'll be able to, to keep talking about this stuff. All right. Sounds good to me. Oh, there's our friend Wendell. Wendell in the chat says y'all was talking shit about jelly after the Pacers game. <laughs> Wendell, we talked about you and we talked about uh, Joey Walker it. for like the first 15 minutes of the podcast. So I hope you go back and listen. Thank you so much for tuning in again. We are delighted that he uh, is hopefully going to get one of these contracts with the Mavericks. Um, God, I, I love doing these live shows. It's great. People are great. Uh, we'll be back at some point. Thanks so much for listening, subscribing, and hanging out with us. This has been a delightful show, and go Mavs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.